Welcome to the FaceTime with God podcast. I'm your host, Kay Farrar, and yes, you have tuned in to the right place because we're bringing Christ to the culture and the culture to Christ. Because the gospel's not for old times, it's for all times. So we've got relevant topics, real people, and we're starting right now. So welcome everybody to FaceTime with God podcast. I am so excited because I have my good friend Samuel Hayes the third yeah. in the house. And so he is the assistant vice president, thank you, of facilities at William and Mary University, which is a big, big deal. And Sam and I go way back. We go way back to the back of the back. <laughs> we go way back to the beginning. And so I'm so excited about having you here, Sam. And what we're going to do, um, we do this a lot. We start off with a little icebreaker, a little okay. kickoff. And we do have some of our team members, and I'm sure you can see them in the shop. And um, one of the things that we have, I'm going to reach here and get my little paddles. So we have some um, some voting pad paddles. So I'm going to give you one and team members, you, you guys have one. And so, uh, you know, you can give the thumbs up or the thumbs down, <laughs> the red or the green. And we're just going to do a little bit of uh, rapid response for our icebreaker. So you can vote. And this is just some fun stuff to just, you know, loosen us up before we get into the meat of our topic today, which actually our topic is going to be perfect for Sam <laughs> because the topic is going to be black excellence. All right. Mm. And we're going to hit a lot of things and learn a lot of things around that. But um, that is our topic for tonight. But before we get into that. Let's just do our icebreaker. So this is going to be a rapid response and we can just use our voting panels. And um, what I want you guys to do is just show your answer uh, for each item. I'm going to call out a bunch of items um, and just, you know, if, if, if it's a good one for you, if you like it, <laughs> uh, if it's one of your faves, you just give it the green. If not, give it the red. Um, and then maybe at the end, we'll chat a little bit about uh, what your overall favorites are. All right. So you ready? Ready? ready. Rapid response. You guys ready back then? <laughs> All right. So so we're going to start with a really easy one. Are you a morning person or OK, morning person or an evening person? Morning. Which one? Red or green for the morning versus the evening? More. So morning person. Wow. Not a morning person. I am not. So we got three not and one <laughs> one morning person. All right. That's another facilities guy. It's good to have a, a early morning facilities guy. So, all right. Uh, do you like sunrise versus sunset? The sunrise? Who likes the sunrise better? Sun, all right, everybody likes likes the start of a day, the beautiful sunrise. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that is. I love to, to go see them at Virginia Beach. Indeed. This is these are cool drinks. So, uh, you know, we're in the South. Sweet tea. Are you a fan of sweet tea? <laughs> everybody likes sweet tea. Lemonade. <laughs> Organic juice yeah. with no sugar. <laughs> Some of them do it. Some of them do it. <laughs> organic, yeah. Uh, most of them, I'm not going to lie, unless it's pineapple juice, I'm going to give it the red on the organic juice. I had to be honest. Fancy water. <laughs> yeah, they got us. 
You know on the fancy water back there? Fancy water? Yeah, you know how you get this. Yeah. All right, so I'll go for this fancy water all day. All right, here we go. Here we go. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola fans. I'm not going to lie. I'm the only bad one in here. Coca-Cola all day. Right here. Coca-Cola all day. All right, here's a funny one. Tahitian punch. Oh my God. Some people don't even know what that is. Yeah, I know what that is. Too sweet. That's that cheap sweet. That's so sweet. sweet. Oh, oh my gosh. That's the Haitian punch. All right. Oh, All right. All right. Okay. Well, this will be our last. This will be our last fun thing. All right. Here we go again. Um, homemade coffee. I don't know. I don't drink coffee. So, yeah, we got to kind of split. Yeah, okay. I hate coffee. All right. Uh, so, so that means Starbucks. Are you a Starbucks fan? I'm actually. I'm, so if I'm I went to Starbucks, <laughs> it's going to be a chai tea latte with oat milk because I'm a oh, tea guy. Oh. So Sam, look, um, I want to let us let's learn a little bit more about you. So let's do it this way. Let's see if we can do a little bit of rapid fire learning about you. Give us your uh, 60 second elevator. Who is Samuel Hayes? So we're standing in front of the governor's mansion here. Um, this is the oldest occupied governor's mansion in the U.S. And the reason why I wanted to be here is because um, I related to the first governor of Virginia, who was Patrick Henry, as well as the current occupant, which is uh, Glenn Youngkin. So to me, and all, a lot of governors in between. So I'm going to add spiritual elements to this because that's who I am. So um, I grew up in Roanoke um, from a family of three. Um, my parents got divorced when I was 11. That was a good thing, though. And I got baptized when I was the age of nine. And I can remember this. Um, it was just so impactful. Got baptized, walked back down to get my clothes. And every step I took, it, all the kids in the world came back to me. Yeah. Um, graduated from high school in Roanoke. Um, went to community college. Um, here's my pen right here today because I'm an alumna. Virginia Western Community College. Um, finished up at ODU. Um, met the love of my life at school. We've been married 36 years as of last month. Um, have two daughters. Um, one's 31, one's 34. One lives in the DMV, one lives in London. Okay. Um, right now, like uh, Kim said earlier, I am the Assistant Vice President for Facilities Management at Women Mary. Um, I had a stint where I worked with Kim mm -hmm. and she was my boss uh, when I was a state agency head um, under the Governor Kane's administration. And I um, got licensed to be a minister in 2002. Wow. And I have married a few couples, and uh, that's me. Wow. All right. You did pretty well. That was probably right about the whole 60 seconds. So, um, other than the 60 second elevator speech of who is Sam Hayes, um, since we're talking about the topic of black excellence, and we're going to uh, drill down a little bit more about that. Kind of a similar thing, if you would, sir, give me the 60 seconds about your career path from if you can do it <laughs> from your first job to where you are today. Give us some highlights. So I often say that I'm an unlikely success. Um, I grew up in some dysfunction as a child and uh, saw God move my life early on and ended up going to community college and graduated went on to ODU where I got a degree in civil engineering. I got out and my first job was at VDOT up in Northern Virginia. And that parlayed me eventually into being in charge of all road maintenance for the whole county. So here I was, 26 years old, a $41 million budget and 200 employees. And 
And um, from there, I moved back, I moved to Richmond, where I worked for the toll authority. And then I eventually moved back home to Roanoke and spent 10 years. And then I came back. I was uh, in charge of procurement for the Department of Health. And then eventually I was appointed by the governor to be the director of the Department of Minority Business Enterprise, which is now the Department of Small Business and Supply Diversity. Worked six months into the uh, McDonald administration, went to work at the Federal Reserve Bank, um, sustained a layoff. And then from there, I was six years at a full-time job. But in that period of time, went to work for my brother-in-law, who was the only black owned meat processing plant in Virginia. And um, his biggest client is Cisco, we, and we do stuff. We do beef and pork products that are sold to the Navy. Wow. And after that, I got my job working at Women Mary, and here we are today. Wow. Wow. So you said you and your brother-in-law, what, what was that plan? Again? His his plan is called Miller Meats, and the thing about my brother-in-law is is that he told me so he was in our wedding, and so at the age of nineteen, went to work at the at the meat processing plant. In twenty four, he said, "I'm going to own this place." And I looked at him and said, "Yeah, right, Nick." Wow! And then ten years later, he said, "They're going to give me five percent ownership," and they lied. I said, "You need to quit. They don't deserve." You said, "How can I'm going to quit when I'm going to own it?" So eight years wow. ago, he brought it. What? <laughs> he brought it. So what? <laughs> yes, it's a multi-million dollar business, and it's, it's wow. based two blocks from Newport News Shipbuilding, and so I had the privilege of being his business development director for five years. Wow. So I got him in Virginia Business. I got him in, in uh, Black Enterprise Online. I got him on on television wow. down there. I got him in the newspaper. Wow. So yeah, so that's what we do. So we just now open up. We have the plant, and now three retail stores. We just opened up a new one last week, over in Uptown. Um, uh, new produce. So, so your retail store is called Uncle Nick's Premium Meats. And you sell ham? We what? sell anything that looks like meat. Well, wow. So the stuff that we produce in the plant we uh, sell. Uh-huh. We also sell um, seafood, uh, poultry, and everything. And so what he does is he gets these price points. And so if something gets to be too expensive, we don't sell it anymore. And so we can get another price point. Because the whole deal is to try to give people wholesale at a retail value. Wow. Multi-million dollar business. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's so much that we could talk about yes. as it relates to that. Yes. Seriously. Um, my goodness. So so when he first started there, what was his role? He was packing boxes. I mean, you guys, like, this is like a pause-worthy <laughs> moment. Like, I seriously. So, and he was how old? 19. He was 19 years old packing boxes. And... He said, I'm going to own this company. When he's 24. He said at by 24, I'm going to own it. I'm like, Oh, he said by 24. I'm he like- said at 24, he's going to own it. I looked at him like he's crazy. I said, okay, Nick. And that's what I said because I just couldn't see it. Wow. And then when they reneged on the deal, and the crazy thing is, and so when the, the owner had an altercation with the other owner, and he brought that person out. Uh-huh. And then he said, then Nick said, hey, won't you let me buy it with the proceeds? He says, no, I'm too old. I'm going to sell it. So when he sold it, the broker came in and says, why aren't you buying this, this plant, Nick? Huh. And then he said, well, he won't he won't let me buy it. He said, you know what? I know a, a bank to get your SBA loan in California. This will make okay. it happen. Okay. And that's what happened. Okay. And see, you guys, um, I know some of this is just so much to really dig into um <laughs> even like because we could almost spend an hour just really breaking that whole thing apart because one of the things um sam that you know i'm about right 
is, and even with this ministry, so, you know, I have started, uh, and, and next month it'll be a year that I first got papers as K4R Ministries, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the first endeavor that we've done starting this podcast. I started doing online Bible studies, and also now we've started the podcast just sort of getting some momentum, getting things moving. But the whole thing is when I look at, right, my community, uh, where I grew up, the black community in the inner city, and I see the way many people live, not everybody, but the way many people are living in the inner city from my community that are kind of separated from the upper echelon. You know, separated from uh, the higher socioeconomic ranges. You know what I mean? I do. Um, and what is that gap and how do we bridge that gap? And to be honest, I believe what you just said is the biggest way to bridge the gap. You know, first of all, we got to know who we are in Christ. Amen. And then from there, we can have the mentality that, yeah, I, I can own this place. You And, and you guys, if it, the, the one of the actually the podcast that we have coming out tonight in about 45 minutes. One of the things that that guest said, Pastor William Derricott, is he shared his story. And, and it's kind of linked in, isn't it? It's kind of interesting because with his story. One of the things he shared was that he and his wife and their special needs child that had cerebral palsy were living in a one bedroom efficiency apartment. Right. And honestly, see, this is my backstory to what he said, you guys. Um, But while they were in that one bedroom efficiency, his wife started drawing up plans for a million dollar home. Mm hmm. They were on welfare at the time when she started drawing up those plans. What would make you do that? What would make you think that you could accomplish that when you're on welfare in a one bedroom home? He said his daughter, his baby, you know, his daughter was sleeping in the um, drawer. I don't know if you guys have ever even heard of that. I think they put me in a drawer too. When that was something black folks did. When when you didn't have a crib, you would pull out the um, dresser drawer and you would line it, and you would put the baby in there. I don't know. Look, we may need to use the paddle. Has anybody in it, anybody on the team ever seriously has ever heard of that before? Okay, yeah, yeah. They put me. <laughs> they put us in one. You know, you know. Some sometimes they would do it when they traveled, mm-hmm. um, or if they, you know, had the baby and they didn't have the crib yet, or what have you. Yeah, because it was safe. You know, and they would line it. But so, but but my my point is the mindset to believe for something greater when you're surrounded by everything that's less than right, and um. I believe, and, and, and we're going to have to ask uh, Pastor Derricott, but I believe that mindset came from the word they were receiving, were receiving at our ministry. Because, <laughs> you know, they talked about the church and that's the kind of word we preach, right? Your mind can be renewed. So what is it? What, what do you think that, that where did your brother-in-law get that from? 
to, to believe that he could own a multi-million dollar plant when he was packing boxes. We're talking about black excellence, by the way. <laughs> so Nick is an interesting person. So you know Jerry's story. So Jerry's mother's a white lady from England. Her dad was in the military. So her parents got married in the 50s. Okay. So wow. Nick's the youngest of six kids. Wow. And he's always been different. Hmm. Nick's licensed too. So sometimes we even tag team minister together. And okay. It's okay. really cool. So he's a minister. All yeah, right, he's a minister right. as well. But he's got this thing where he believes God beyond craziness. Hmm. And I just seen him just, he would do stuff like walk into, um, so he owns like eight houses. Okay. And so we like go to an appliance store and he'll see somebody in line. He's like, okay, I'm taking that. So a woman had an $800 washing machine she was trying to buy. He said, I got that. Oh, he'll okay, Papa, uh, y'all know I have to do this so we can understand. Because see, at first I was wondering what you were saying. But now we all get what he just said, right? In other words, yep. mm -hmm. he's paying for the lady's $800 washing machine for yes. her. So he's a big, ridiculous giver. He is. He'll go into a 7-Eleven. He might be deep, eight people deep. And he said, right, I got everybody up front. And so one time we went to this wow. restaurant and this woman was like right rude to us because what he was doing, he was buying cars for his employees and then he would charge them like $100 a week, no interest, no anything, so they mm -hmm. paid it off. Mm -hmm. So at this one time, he got this $100 payment. So we went to this restaurant. Lady was very rude to us. She said, watch this. So he says, can I have the bill, please? He says, yes. He said, here's your tip. It was $100. Mm -hmm. She broke down crying. She says, mm -hmm. oh my God, mm -hmm. you don't know. I don't have rent money. This right here is wow. going to pay. I mean, I've seen this stuff happen wow. more than once with wow. this guy. Wow. And so sometimes we will get into competition where we will like, we went to this restaurant watching. So that's a nice we competition. Were, we, were up, we were up and one each other about uh -huh. who will get the biggest tip. Wow. So when you're around this guy, wow. money, I mean, he's given us probably four cars. Mm, mm, mm. When I got my job at Women Mary, I had no car to get to work. Right. He gave me a car to get back and wow. forth from here in Richmond. Isn't that yes. something, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like that. Yeah. And Jerry's his favorite sister. So that. <laughs> Look, that helped. That I helped, told right? him, I said, this ain't about me, it's about your son. It's not about me. Wow. <laughs> but you say so he's been like that all his life. But that being that being a ridiculous giver is a he, big take. Oh my gosh. It's it's insane the way he doesn't care about money and and God just hmm. I mean, he went through a really severe health challenge. We thought we were gonna lose him this time last year. Wow. The journey had lost two sisters. Uh-huh. And then we thought we might lose him too. And 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 God brought him through. I mean his miraculously coming back to life because they thought he was going to die. The right. doctor said, if you don't get this mm. operation, mm. you're going to die. Mm. And then when they came in the next day, they were looking to see if he was dead. <laughs> and he was still wow. alive. And see, wow. God brought him back. Wow. It's amazing. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so over the top. But these things are real. They God are. is real. Indeed. There is nothing that he cannot do that he won't do. Amen. But we, we have to get to that point of faith, <laughs> the kind of faith that it, it doesn't matter what happens because what you believe is not going to change. <laughs> like, you know, that dogmatic uh, faith that I'm going a, I'm to a hold on to it regardless that's him, type of faith. That, that's him. You know, I mentioned that when I was a kid, I grew up in a 900 square foot house. Okay. Wow. And my mother, I can tell you, it was 900 square foot and you can touch the walls like that because mm. it was so small. Wow. And my mother said, you can live how you want to live. And so I remember once, um, we, you know, we came back here and we didn't buy a house initially because it was so expensive. So then we started looking at houses and then we live in short pump. And so we saw this house and Jerry said, okay, we can't buy no house because we don't have any money for down payment and 
uh, closing. I said, well, just look at this one house, it's a foreclosure. We go in that house, the house has about 4,000 square feet. Yeah. We put our bid in, they rejected it. So fine, when you're ready to talk, we'll do it with the bank. Mm-hmm. They came back, we got the house, they paid the closing. All we had to do was have our down payment. We've been in that house 13 years. Ah. So with that, Everything on paper said you would not have been able to get that. No, house. I would never. That, but that you went there anyway and you got the house. Yes. And I have heard that more than once, you guys. <laughs> so this is just, <laughs> this is just, um, this is for everybody on this team and this is for everybody listening who desires something that on paper, you know, doesn't make sense that you can have it, but you can't. <laughs> and you know, you said about black excellence. One thing about us, my mother always told me, don't mess up your credit. So we mm. always mm. have been diligent about mm. making sure we pay our bills on time, we pay our taxes, yeah. and we keep our credit where yeah. it needs to be. Yes. And and so those are the things. My mom had me at five years old paying bills. I'm like, is she too lazy to go out and pay this bill? But okay. she said to us, no, I want you to know how much things cost. Uh-huh. I knew what the electric bill cost. I knew what the gas bill cost. Because okay. she would drop us by and we go in and pay them. Mm-hmm. And so I knew how much money they made. And so as a kid, we weren't, we got allowances. I mean, it was like my mom gave us a lesson in excellence and how not to be slothful wow. from a child growing up. All right, she so had me at 19 years old, my sister at 20. Wow. So let, let's talk about that a little bit more. All right, how about on the credit thing? So in your household, when you was there any credit at all or absolutely no credit? Or, you know, you have some credit, but you manage it. How did that work? In my house growing mm-hmm. up? Yeah. Oh, no, we had credit, but everything was paid on time. Okay. Made sure you paid on time. How about now? Because a lot of people say, you know, I don't do any credit at all. Do you use credit cards and just make sure you manage it and pay them off? Or you just pretty much, I'm not seeing anybody's credit card. No. So basically, funny thing is when Jerry and I first got married, we had separate bank accounts and I was always broke. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, she had to say. So, <laughs> she's like, so, uh-huh. yeah, I need my own account. <laughs> so she is an accountant by training, and so okay. basically, that's okay. How about and, and this? That's, that's let's, like it's not let's put it back to let's put it all together, and you manage our finances. So for thirty six years, she's managed our finances. Okay, okay. And she's diligent about making sure our bills are paid, mm-hmm. and and making sure that if we do have things that need to be dealt with. We we she's not the kind of person that makes a lot of debt herself. She's right. just like, okay, I'm gonna get this, I'm not gonna get this. So basically it's our daughters that she really cares the most about. Mm-hmm. Like she'll get them stuff. But other than that, we are we have credit, but we don't have a lot of credit. We've always lived okay. below our means. Right. That's awesome. Always. Okay. Even you know, even when I lost my job, um I just got pick up with Nick and I worked with him and that was enough to keep the house payment going and then she had the rest of it because we never had a lot of debt debt mm-hmm. because we just, because I remember as a child, my parents got divorced. My dad didn't pay the bills. They came in in August and took the AC out the house. They took the TV out the house. I said, that is never going to happen to me. Wait a minute. Okay, say this again. So when you were growing up? When I grew up, my parents got divorced. It was in summertime. Oh, my dad did okay. not pay any bill. They were going to put us out the house. Okay. They came in, they were going to take the carpet off the floor. Mm. And I remember this as a 11 year old child, like this is not going to happen to me when I grow up because mm. it was traumatized. Because I remember in Roanoke, it's so hot that I remember we had a fan going, one of them whole house fans. And it'd be like five o'clock in the morning, you are sweating and your little T-shirt is tied to your body. And then it gets cooler there. And I remember that this is never going to happen yeah, growing up. Yeah, wow. 
Yeah, so what would you what are you seeing now, generally speaking, um, in you know, our communities now, do you feel like that is what most people believe or, you know, is that how most people are living or are we so far removed from that right now? I, I think you know, I mentor and one of the things that I noticed about a lot of the people in our community, but I'll just say us, mm-hmm. is that we will gravitate toward the, the Jordans or whatever, the, the, the latest trends or the mm-hmm. males or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we don't look at things that, that have value like a house because mm-hmm. cars, of course, they depreciate. But I, I see too much consumerism where we have to have the latest and greatest thing, not thinking about the future. And mm-hmm. I think a part of it is that parents aren't raising kids anymore. Like my mom used to get on my nerve because she was like, talk, talk, talk. We didn't mm-hmm. get hit. Mm-hmm. She would lecture us. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, this woman is talking too much. But <laughs> yeah, sometimes that lectures, honestly, you'd be like, just spank me, please. <laughs> no, no, she, spanking, she, she said when I was eight years old, she said, she told me, she said, eight. she says, I'm not spanking you. If you can't deal with what I, what I say, you got three ways out of here and there's three doors in the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> they would tell you that type she of thing said too. It. She said it to us and so she di- we didn't get hit. My brother and I didn't get one spanking. Mm. Raising our kids, we I think I gave one daughter maybe two and one daughter maybe one mm. because I think it don't take all of that. It was like the conversation mm-hmm. and, and setting. One thing about my mom, I'll give her this. She was always consistent. When she said no to something, that was it. Well, no, go back behind it. And, mm-hmm. and she said, I said, what did I say? <laughs> and then she would always never lie to us. Like, mm-hmm. Mom, can we have this? Well, we have to see. And it was never, she says, nothing worse than lying to a child. So mm-hmm. as a kid, I had that consistency. Mm-hmm. And I believe that because she exposed us to bills, exposed us to how to handle money, that as a, an adult, I never had those issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and that is a message that we really need. And, you know, it's perfect for this topic of black excellence. 